0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning and welcome to the virtual service at Mayflower Congregational Church. We're the Congregationalist. Everyone is welcome here. Everyone, everyone is welcome here. This is a place where we believe that God is good. This is a place where we search for the meaning of Jesus. This is a place where we come to worship. And it's a special morning today because we have a limited number of people in our congregation this morning. Instead of just looking at a camera, I actually get to see people. It's a nice change. We've been waiting for more than a year. And we hope that will increase as. The vaccinations increase, the hospital rooms increase, and the cases of COVID decrease. Now joining me here this morning is our music director, Dr. Julia Brown. My friend, our liturgist, Doug Condon. Emily Smith, to grace us with her voice. And as always, our live stream director, Pat McGuire, who keeps us on the air. We hope that you will enjoy today's service, and now I would like to introduce Dr. Julia Brown for a word about today's music.
1: First, I want to say how happy I am to see you in the sanctuary today, representing our full uh, family church family it's wonderful to have you here we've been waiting for this for a long long time i want to just say a word about one of our pieces the offertory that emily is going to sing today it's an alleluia by mozart this is uh, the closing section of a three-part motet written by mozart on one of his many trips to italy he wrote it as a 16 year old For an opera star in Milan. And um, the only text in that whole section is Alleluia. It's a Hebrew liturgical expression that means praise the Lord. And that music embodies the joy and the exuberance of this expression. So appropriate as we continue our Easter season. The other thing I wanted to mention and remind you of and encourage you to participate and to let others know is this coming Friday, April 16th, uh, we welcome musicians from the Grand Rapids Symphony back in our sanctuary. We will have eight wind players. Uh, conducted by John Verano. This is April 16th at 7pm and the only opportunity to hear this music is at that time. You have to stream it uh, if you go to mayflowerchurch.org slash Beethoven. The program is up and there will be a link there that you just click on. It's about a 45 minute program. This has been in the works since last summer. We were supposed to have it as part of our Uh, Mondays at Mayflower in October and because of COVID that got pushed forward into December which again got postponed and finally we get to celebrate Beethoven's anniversary. So it's a program of Beethoven and Mozart's beautiful music in this wonderful sacred space. It's free so tell your friends about it and make sure to click on that link uh, at 7 p.m. this Friday.
0: Thank you, Julia. Two other quick announcements. We had to cancel our main or delay our main Easter service because of the sudden illness of one of our contractors. Julia, who has been working like crazy to get it together uh, with her son Alex, is going to have the delayed Easter service available for, for uh, video streaming soon. Uh, we hope to have that up sometime later in the week i would also like to say that the reverend ruth bell olson is not here this morning she's wrapping up spring break with her family and now it's time for us to center take a deep breath in and breathe out slowly we're in the presence of the holy We are in the very presence of God. Let us gather together, whether live streaming or here in the sanctuary. Let us gather together and worship in spirit and in truth.
2: Astonishing good news, a surprise beyond expectation. Christ is alive. He has risen indeed. The grave could not contain him, and the news cannot be hidden. Come, let us worship the risen Lord. We will worship with joy and thanks. Let us pray. We thank you that Easter is not about a people, but all people. That your love and your salvation are for all. We thank you that the tomb is empty because Jesus is is risen. We praise you that we might know forgiveness. We rejoice in you that lives might be reborn and your name glorified now and for eternity. Amen. Thank you. first scripture reading today is from 1st John chapter 1 verses 1 through 9. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed and we have seen it and testified to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us all from sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second scripture reading today is from the book of John, chapter 20, verses 19-29. through When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the religious authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Will you pray with me? Holy One, let these words be your words. Move our hearts, move our spirits, help us to think and critically analyze, and to leave this place in service. Amen. Have you ever experienced listening to someone who explains something in great detail when they know very little about it? Have you ever heard them ramble on and on and on, so sure of everything that they're saying, and they know so little about it? That happens many times in life. In fact, I've probably done it myself and asked my students. Hardest words for a Ph.D., I don't know. We always come up with some type of answer. The problem is, we think on two different levels. We experience things on two different levels. On one level, we just deal with the surface. The surface has little complexity. The surface has obvious answers. The answers aren't answers at all many times. But we believe them because we don't understand the depth of the issue. When we go into depth, it's another matter. As we get into the richness of an issue or the depth of a problem, we begin to see Complexity upon complexity. We start to see that things are tied together in ways we never dreamed of. And we see that the issue is extremely complicated and there isn't a superficial answer. Viktor Frankl in his wonderful book about surviving concentration camp called Man's Search for Meaning, Frankl talked about those two types of understanding from the victims inside the concentration camps. He said the people who answered issues with the surface, on the surface, People who had trite little sayings or things that they had just believed all their lives. They knew they were true and they didn't have to prove them. Frankel said those were the first people to break. Those were the people who couldn't take it. But the people who had depth, the people who saw complexity, the people who, who saw inner relations said frequently they developed an instinct for survival the ability to survive and a profound depth of religion seems strange that that would happen in a concentration camp As we look at the Gospel of John this morning, we can see something that can be experienced on the surface. In fact, it sounds like a medieval morality play. Jesus appears to the the disciples. The disciples are going, hallelujah. They're all happy about it. Thomas isn't there. Thomas comes in and they said, we've seen Jesus. And Thomas says, I won't believe that you saw Jesus until I can put my finger in his hand and my hand inside his spear wound. Otherwise, I don't believe you. Well, then Jesus appears to Thomas. And Thomas says, now I believe. That plays good in a church in England in 1150. And all of the congregation can see I don't want to doubt. But that's a surface understanding of that story. That's not digging into the richness of the Scripture. Robert Alter, in a wonderful book called uh, dealing with a Hebrew narrative called The Art of Biblical Narrative, Alter argues that we wouldn't approach a piece of literature just on the surface, a piece of great literature. And we shouldn't approach the Bible like that. He says Hebrew storytelling is an art form. And as we look at structures of Old Testament stories, what we see in the narrative is a good concept placed on one side, a bad concept placed on the other, a protagonist that must decide and the intervention of God. It's presented in all types of fantastic ways, from axe heads floating for Elisha to a sacrifice for Abraham or a dream for Jacob. There's a richness to the stories That you get with a literary analysis of the Bible. John writes in a Hebrew tradition. In fact, uh, one of my seminary professors said John may be the most Jewish of all the Gospels. John uses Literature as an art form, and it's used in today's story. Think about it. Last week, Ruth read a passage about Mary in the garden. She sees a person she believes to be the gardener and goes up to him, and the gardener turns, and lo and behold, it's Jesus. He's unrecognized at first. That's a motif John is using. He will use it with Thomas, repeating the same thing that happened in the garden. And it will be used again in the 21st chapter when three of the disciples are out fishing. They look on a shore and they see a person. They don't know who the person is. And then one of them recognizes Jesus Jumps in the water to swim to him. The other two come in, and then they recognize that it's Jesus. Why this? Because it's the nature of faith. We believe in something that we can't see, we believe in something that we can't touch. We believe in something that can only be experienced. We believe in something that can change our lives. And on the surface, we can articulate that. But in the depths, we can only be lost in the mystery. John understands this. Is that the reason Jesus says to Mary in the garden, don't touch me, I haven't ascended yet to my Father? Is that the reason Thomas says, unless I see it, I won't believe it? Is that the reason that three fishermen look on a shore and wonder, Who the person is. John is using literary skill. It's reflected in the Johannine Epistles, too. That wonderful reading that Doug just gave us said, We tell you what we've heard from the beginning, we're telling you so that your joy may be complete. We're telling you, because God is light, and in God there is no darkness, we're telling you so you can come to the light. What is that light? We don't really know. We can't really describe it but we know when it happens. Many times, if we would just allow the depth and the richness of Scripture to speak, we can see that these are great spiritual and mystical texts. That's why they've lasted for 2,000 years. That's why in a century dominated by technology, and instantaneous communication, we still read them. There is a depth far beyond the surface. And when the surface is shattered, like Abraham standing over Isaac saying, Here I am, Lord. I think with fear and trepidation, thinking this no longer makes sense. What in the world are you calling me to do? I've followed you everywhere. Why? The depth of the story comes through. Look, Thomas. You didn't need to physically see me. E.B. Sledge wrote an amazing book called With the Old Breed about his experiences in the Pacific in the Second World War. He was a marine mortarman. Well, you may be familiar with that, with the HBO miniseries, the Pacific part of it was based on Sledge's book. Sledge talked about a battle on one particular island that had been horrible. And the battlefield was covered with mud. There had been suffering. He had lost friends. He had seen people maimed and wounded. And he's wading through knee-deep mud on this battlefield after the battle was over. He looks over to the side and he sees a pastor giving two marines communion. He wrote... This was the most absurd thing I ever saw. In the midst of all this suffering, there was someone practicing a rite that made no sense on this battlefield. The surface. Sledge's book, by the way, has lots of depth. Lots of depth. It's probably one of the best books on World War II from an individual perspective. One of the best books ever written. But let's return to Frankl. Frankl looks at something just as bad as that battlefield, or maybe even worse. And what does he find? He finds death. Every day, Frankl experiences God. Each day, it's more and more profound, even as he's surrounded by horror. And in that depth, what Frankel finds is love. He will conclude that if you go into the depths of love, you can tolerate just about anything. Going below the surface. Well, both the author of John and the author of the Johannine epistles are coming from the same school of thought. And that thought is love. Earlier in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, this is how they'll know you're my disciples if you love one another. In First John, the author writes, God is light, and in God there is no darkness. He will add, you can't love God unless you love your brothers and sisters. You can see them if you love them, God will know that you love God. So we go forth. Not on the surface, but in the richness, the complexity, the depth, the mystery, and the messiness of life. Believing And a God of light, believing in a God with no darkness. In the name of God the Creator, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now we thank you for the gifts and donations that you have made that have allowed Mayflower to remain open and broadcasting during this awful pandemic. Thank you. us pray we thank you O lord for the gifts that you have given us and ask that the gifts we give go to benefit the mission of mayflower in the name of jesus the christ amen Come to the time of our congregational prayer. Will you join me in prayer? Would we be counted among the doubters hiding in the shadow, the shadow cast by that cruel cross? Or when challenged, like Peter, would we openly deny you There are times, Lord, when doubts assail and the distance between us seems to increase. There are times, Lord, when sin has its hold. Sin holds like a barrier between us that will not move. Who is there? Who can we turn to? What do we feel? Why are we so overwhelmed? Who can roll away the stone and reveal the empty tomb? No one but you. No one but you. Love poured out infusing this world with rivers of grace and hope of rebirth. Love poured out into these hearts who drink from a stream that never runs dry. When our faith is short of understanding through the things we see and hear, forgive us. When our faith is beset by doubt, when we, know, when we see no further than an empty tomb, forgive us. Bring to mind the cry of Mary I have seen the Lord, and grant us faith to believe. thank you in the midst of this live stream that your house is open once again. Let us join together in the coming weeks with increased numbers of worshipers, renewal of friendships, greeting new worshipers, comforting one another, and listening to the laughter and bustling noise of children. Thank you for this morning and for the worshipers who have gathered here. And now I invite you at home and our congregation present to pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And for my friends this morning who are here in the sanctuary, just a reminder, we sit quietly for about a minute until Pat gives us the all clear to tell us the live stream is off. To my friends who are watching on live stream or watching on YouTube later, go from this place with joy. Go from this place with a comforted heart. Go from this place knowing that you are not alone. And go from this place knowing that we're going. We're all going to be back here soon. Go from this place in faith. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen.